0: Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for Suck Attack. The number one award seeking comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark. 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 Hershaw.
1: Yes, it's me, Mark Hirsch, on your host and audio lubricant for Epi 105 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. Now, I hate to do this right out of the gate, but I have to start off the show with an apology to our network and the affiliates, and of course, you, our listener. This edition was meant to be an episode of Suckatash Clips, and it is an episode of Suckatash Clips, wherein we feature clips, just clips and nothing but clips, but I have a bit of a chat to toss into. It's not much of a chat. I mean, it's a, it's a quality chat. It's just a smidge of a chat, though. It's not very long. Friends of the, friend of the show, past guest fellow podcaster, and comedian Paul Mercurio called me up. Said he was heading for the San Francisco punchline this week, and could we chat up his appearance? I don't know that we've got that kind of impact on an audience, but I do know that there are succotashians here in the Bay Area, so I agreed, and we did it. Unfortunately, I was still suffering from laryngitis, so you'll get to hear that. In the interview, Paul also has a new comedy CD out. It's called It's Not Me, It's the World. So we'll hear a track off that as well. But after that, I swear, the rest of the show is clips. For reals. Except for a double dose of our Burst of Durst segment with comedian and social commentator Will Durst. Oh, and a Henderson's Pants ad. Oh, and the tweet sack. But the rest, all clips. Guaranteed. The delay for this uh, soda of succotash making it to your ears was because I was suffering from a miserable bout of laryngitis. You can probably still hear it there in my throat. Um, took me a while to get over it. Not sure why, and for a couple days, completely lost my voice. Every other ailment in the world wouldn't matter, so of course, a podcaster gets the one thing that keeps him off mic, no voice. Uh, you'll get to hear how that sounded, though. Uh, it's a treat. It's a real treat. All right, let's get to that chat in a minute, but first here's what's in the bushel basket o' clippage that we do have in store for you this show. We have uh, a bit from Pass the Gravy, Proudly Resents, Sibling Rivalry, Soda Press, The Geep and Gam Show, and This Damn World. In addition, we will unveil our new segment this week. I teased it last show. It's the brainchild of our associate producer, Tyson Sainer, and we call it the Podcast Graveyard. So when the time is right, we will feature a clip from a podcast that is sadly no longer with us. All right. Here's my chat with Paul Mercurio. It was via Skype from New York, and the only thing worse than the quality of a Skype call is a Skype call where one of the people has laryngitis. Okay. Can you hear me? I can I can. Can you hear me?
2: I can. Sounds like, um, it's like a very, uh, method actor kind of voice. Yeah, it's
1: my Kathleen Turner voice. (laughs) (laughs) Either that or Brenda Vaccaro. Oh my God, Brenda Vaccaro. I remember that. (laughs) That's hilarious.
2: Nice reference. I, uh, I didn't uh, I didn't expect that one to be coming. That's funny. (laughs) Um,
1: Well, Paul Mercurio, you're coming back to San Francisco.
2: Yeah, I'm really psyched to be back to San Francisco. See you. Go to the Punchline. Going to be headlining there, <clears throat> March fourth to the seventh, and it's always great and usually sell out the place. So I'm getting the word out that I'm coming into town and people need to drop whatever they're doing and come to see me because this is the show where I reveal something very personal.
1: Oh, this is the show! Finally, this is the one where it's been nothing but fluff and feathers ever since you started. But finally, you're going to bring you're going to bring the pain.
2: This is the one where I reveal that I will be getting a sex change operation just before Bruce Jenner. Wow. To to beat him to the punch. (laughs) I can't let him win.
1: To finally become a man. Wait a minute. What? You've
2: been talking to my wife. Stop it. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That so bums me out, you know, that he's doing that. I don't know why. He's like such a guy's guy. And you see those photographs of him and stuff and like you know with, with, with the Wheaties box and the running and the jumping and the whatever he was doing and
1: I think I you know I I blame our increased lifespan uh, lifespan on this whole thing how so well come on you know 50 years ago he'd be dead by now <laughs> but, so but, but, you, but you you live this long and pretty soon you start going eh, you know what maybe I'll give the other team a try <laughs> that's kind, really kind of di- once you've had the kardashians i mean come on <laughs> exactly it's sort of like you've gone
2: through every female thing you can <laughs> as a guy and it's like i mean it's just i don't know i don't know it's uh apparently it's been trapped in him for a while like uh uh i don't know it's uh it, it just seems to me it just seems to me, and then he's very public about it. And I, don't, I never like it when these guys are like, yeah, if I can help one person who's going through it, nah, no, you're just doing this to keep your career. I mean, I believe he wants to do it, but I just feel like that part where they need to go super public with it never rings true to me as to wanting to help. If I could help one person who was a decathlete, and married into a rich family that has a successful reality show and wants to and wants to be a woman, that one person. You're, the, you're that fucking one person. That's it. There's nobody else like you. You, you helped yourself. Go do it in a, alone somewhere.
1: Interesting. Well, I'm glad you're getting this point of view out now before you get to San Francisco.
2: Oh, it's coming out in San Francisco because that's the place where it's not supposed to come out, so it's coming out. Oh, no, there I'm, you go. Doing the transgender operation on stage. If I can't get it done there, I can't get it done anyway. I think that's what Frank Sinatra was talking about. I'm
1: Paul, not sure. Paul Mercurio, comedian contrarian. You decide.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> well, Paul, not only are you coming to San Francisco to delight your fans with your comedy, but you have a new uh, CD out as well.
2: I do. I do. Um, What's it I called? It's called, uh, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to say the name. It's called, (laughs) I really suck at promotion. Hey, my name is, what? Oh, there it is. It's called the, um, it's not me, it's the world. Because that's kind of how I feel. Like I get into these confrontations and then I, I, and I say to my wife, I feel like the world is zigging and I'm zagging. Like, and I can't be, I can't be right and they're all wrong. So it's got to be me. But then I think it's like, like, for example, I get into a lot of confrontations with people because I can't keep my mouth shut because I believe if you don't say something, things don't change. My wife is like, it's OK to say things, but you have to pick your spots, especially living in New York City where I live. You're going to say something to the wrong person. You're going to get shot. But I get into countless confrontations. Like I've always, uh, I almost got arrested on 86th Street over a plastic supermarket shopping bag, and I pulled my pants down and told the Indian newsstand guy to fuck me in the ass because he said he wanted to. Wow. over this bag, yes. Wow, now, who, uh, now who's sounding like Bruce Jenner? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and, then I, and then I did a, uh, I almost got arrested on Amtrak for getting in an argument with the conductor because I didn't like the way he was talking to me, he yelled at me to take my bag off the seat next to me. I got in a fight over a 45-cent red onion. <laughs> and I'm serious. And then a week ago, I got in a big fight. I almost got in a fist fight over soup. <laughs> So this is so this. But this is exactly the kind of shit that happens to me. And and I don't think I'm wrong. But my wife's like, you know, maybe you need to figure out a better way to deal with this stuff. Right. So I go to this deli and I, my son's in the car with me. And I, I just say, stay in the car. I run into this deli to get it's nice Italian deli that I like to go to get. And I'm looking around. And they got four crock pots of soup. So and the soups labeled, you know, chicken or whatever. Now, I like to look at my soup, Mark. You understand? Sure. But sometimes they try to yeah, they try to screw you on your soup, you know? <laughs> who doesn't, right? <laughs> it's like, so they do. Like the chicken noodle it could be all broth, no stock. They shortchange you on the carrots. I wasn't born yesterday, okay? <laughs> so I go over to the soup and I lift the lid and I lift the ladle up and I look at the soup and I'm like, man, eh, not today. And I put it back and I close the lid. And as I'm turning the walk out, there's this... Guy in a suit, black guy, just standing there, like glaring at me, like <laughs> giving me the a stink guy, like looking at me, like, mm. and then now this is the moment where one person handles it one way, another person handles it another way. I, instead of just walking by him and not saying anything, I say, What are you looking at? Right? <laughs> I got a, some bad Scorsese movies. I go, What are you looking at? And he's like, uh, What were you doing at the soup? I'm like, What? <laughs> Um, this is all true, by the way. This is verbatim how it went down. I go, what? He goes, what were you doing in the soup? I'm like, I was looking at the soup. Why were you looking at the soup? Just like that, like very accusatory. I'm like, because I wanted to see what was in the soup. Well, why did you want to see what was in What are you, the fucking soup Nazi? I'm like, what do you leave me alone? I wanted to see if I wanted the soup. Who are you? You don't work here. Well, I think you did something to the soup. I'm like, what? Are you out of your mind? You have nothing better to do? He goes... You put your hands in the soup. And <laughs> it, right? Now, when someone accuses you of something in public like that, half the people in the room automatically think you did it. Right. And look at the world we live in. Like, look at the Internet. Like, If you go on the Internet and somebody posted a blog like, yeah, Alan John, six yams in his ass. Half the people will be like, well, maybe six yams in his ass. Right. <laughs> like you just believe it because it exists. Sure, right. Absolutely. So now I'm like guilty and mad at the same time. I'm like, I did not, I did not. He goes, you put your hands in the soup and that's, and I snap and I go here, here. And I take both my hands and I spread them like, so like like the number 10, right? <laughs> yeah. Above my head and I'm screaming, here, look at my fucking hands, you freak. Do these fucking, do t- lick my fingers. Do they taste <laughs> like chicken noodle soup? That's all I do. All day, I go from deli to deli, teabagging soup. I put my balls in it. I wash my ass with corn chowder. Yeah, you fucking freak. You're hanging out. And then I, and now I'm the guy that always has to speak to the manager, by the way. So now there's a guy behind the counter. I go, I want to talk to the manager. What kind of a place are you running? He goes, uh, the manager, you're not here. I go, then you're the manager for this conversation. <laughs> I go, why are you letting freaks stand around in a suit, hovering around the soup, assessing people's soup? Viewing situation. What is what is wrong with you, right? So now I'm face to face. I'm take it outside. I'll fuck you up. You'll never be able to eat soup again. You'll be <laughs> eating soup, you only have to eat soup because I'm gonna. You'll never be able to talk again. You eat through a straw. I'm yelling, right? I'm screaming. So I leave. I didn't get any soup. Okay? I didn't get anything. i now. I'm angry and I'm hungry. And I get in the car, and my son is laughing his ass off. He goes, "You got in a fight again, didn't you?" Because he sees me getting these fights. I go, "Yeah. How do you know?" Because apparently he was looking through. The window into the deli and my back was to the street. And all you could see were both hands above my head. My fingers spread just shaking like a crazy man. Like, lick my fingers! Lick them! So it's just not good. Just On the CD is um, the one where I pull my pants down and totally in the newsstand guy to fuck me in the ass.
1: Well, that's that's the one we're going to play right after this interview.
2: Yeah. No, it's there. And uh, I think the Red Onion story is there. I don't know if the Amtrak one is there. Then I got in a confrontation with a cab driver cuz he threw he threw all his orange peels on the street and wouldn't pick them up. I made <laughs> him get out of the cab. It's just not good. You
1: see never a lot. You know who I want s- to kill?
2: Everybody should get one kill. Like you should get one pat. Like everybody should be allowed one kill. My one kill is the guy who on the subway in New York or any train really when the door opens And it's not a packed train so he can move. He stands in the doorway and doesn't move. So everybody has to. That is clearly a guy saying, I do what I want. Fuck society. And I want the permission to just get a knife and slowly put it into the lower portion of the back of his neck to his spine and paralyze him. So he can't move the rest of his life. And it's just a head who can talk. And then he'll fucking realize what he did. I don't know. That's not funny, but it's just how I feel right now. It
1: seems very much kind of let the punishment fit the crime sort of thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm like Michael Douglas in Falling Down, only without <laughs> without without linking a lot of vaginas. Only I love that, that movie. When are they going to remake it? I, I, I'm gonna. I want to be. I want to be in it. I, my whole life is falling down. That's my whole. None of this is made up. It's all, but I because it comes from a place of where I believe if you say something, you make a difference, right? Like you sure. can change things, but if you don't, then you don't, and. Uh, you know, I just get really, really frustrated when, you know, people just sort of act like assholes. And, <laughs> and in my mind, you know, they're assholes. And uh, well, I can't, so,
1: and, I, I can't wait to delve into this with you further. We're going to have a longer interview when you get to town. But uh, in the meantime, the soup whisperer, Paul yeah. Mercurio, is, is, yeah. is coming to San Francisco March 3rd through the 7th. No, fourth
2: through the seventh. Man, you really have to do your homework. Well, you'll
1: probably be here on the third, though, right?
2: I will be. That's a good point. I will fly in on the third. So you got it right. I, the shows start on the fourth. That's right. Fourth so if people, you seventh. know,
1: if if one lucky winner wants to have a picnic with you when you get here on the third, be the tenth caller to our cash <laughs> Hotline, and Paul will bring soup to a picnic spot to be named hey, there later. There
2: you go. Absolutely. As much soup as you want. So you here 4th will...
1: through the 7th. People can get advanced tickets. Visit, uh, I believe it's sfpunchline.com. Uh-huh.
2: And okay. uh, you can get my CD at my website, paulmercurio.com. It's M-E-C-U-R-I-O. And I will, um, have,
1: I will have a link on the Succotash website slash blog at succotashshow.com. There will be a picture of the CD in the right-hand column. and It will be a clickable link to get to Paul's site and buy the CD. Sweet. And actually, the Punchline website is
2: punchlinecomedyclub.com.
1: Oh, see, they've changed it. Bastards. Yeah,
2: yeah punchlinecomedyclub.com Comedy. is the one. And uh, so, yeah, hope hope everybody can come out and hang out and see me, and we'll have a great time.
1: Terrific, Paul. I look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks, buddy.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. It's going to be great.
1: Take care and keep your hands out of the soup till then. <laughs> ah, I will. All right. All right. See you, buddy.
2: I'll see you, buddy. Thanks.
3: David, you do not get rewarded for being decent to other people. That's your obligation to each other. See, I view myself as, like, consumer man. Like, I'm this weird superhero in my mind. I swear to God, you ask my wife, Carol, she's back there. She'll tell you on the way out. This stuff happens. Like, it's not, and I can't control it, partly because I think I'm Italian and we snap at the drop of a hat. My wife is a wasp. It all stays in, and then it ends up in her colon. I'm fucking Italian. It's out. It's it's out. You fight like that with your hands because you're a wasp, right? Yeah. And what's your name? Your, your main name is probably like Harrington or Thompson or Potter. What is it? Huntley. Huntley, yeah, oh. there you go. <laughs> when you say Huntley, you should just like go like that. Oh, you know? so I almost got arrested. Uh, a couple of months ago, I live up on uh, 87th Street. And uh, I'm going to the gym. And my wife is concerned that. When I say something to somebody, I'm gonna say something to the wrong person and I'm gonna get shot. And she's right, but I'm gonna take somebody with me.
4: <laughs>
3: so I'm, I'm going to the gym and I go to this newsstand that I've been going to for like four years <laughs> to get my newspaper to take the gym with me, right? And I've been, and it's the same like newsstand. It's like this little hut, right? It's right at the corner, a typical New York newsstand. And the guy's been totally cool and it's run by one of these Indian guys. It's raining out, so I give the guy a buck <laughs> And I say, can I have a bag for my newspaper? A bag, okay, a bag. And he goes like this to me. We have no bag, no bag! You go, (laughs) like in my face. So now, for me, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. If you just say, look, I don't have a bag. I go, okay, have a good day, buddy, see you tomorrow. Now, the Italian in me starts bubbling up inside, right? Oh, and the word, I can feel them, and the words, oh, and they're right here. Oh, the words, ah, ah, and they're not good words, they're bad words, oh. Bad, bad, like you sand, cock, bad, like, bad, like racist shit that didn't even apply. You bad, black chicken wing-eating motherfucker. like, like, oh, it was bad, it was bad, it was bad, right? But I hear Carol's voice saying, don't say anything, because he'll, you know, whatever, I don't know, whatever. I don't know, whatever they Death Star, I don't know what he would do. Throw a mounds bar at me, I don't know. So I'm trying to be the new Paul, and I go, Excuse me? He goes, I said, We have no bag, no bag. He goes, And besides, I only make five cents on the newspaper. Well, that's the issue. You have the bag. You don't want to give me the bag because you're not making enough money off of me, and I've been giving you my business for four years. I want a bag. No, we have no bag. You go. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go. I want a bag. No, no bag. No, you go. No, I'm not going. You go. No, you go. No, no, you go. Get on your camel, go back to where you came from. <laughs> I know, they don't even have camels. I know. I was blind with rage. I know. I know. (laughs) And then we go at it. And I snap. That wasn't the snap. This was the snap. I go, you know what, buddy? You can take the dollar, the newsstand, the paper and the bag and shove them up your ass. And he goes like like this to me. You're my You do not talk to I will fuck you up properly. (laughs) He said properly. I had never been told off in such a nice way in all my life. I didn't know how to react. I started to laugh inside. All I can think is, if you're going to put it that way, I think I'd like to be fucked up. It sounds like it would be very dignified. So now it's War Three. go back to where you came from. I give you my business for four years, at least you can do give me back. No, I give you nothing, no, God. He comes out from the newsstand, all right? Middle of the day, 86th Street Lex, people walking up and down the street. I think there's gonna be a fight. I got no game, I'm 150 pounds soaking wet, all right? I drop my bag, right? He's coming to me, Fuck you! fuck you, fuck you. i fuck you. You do not talk to me that way. I will fuck you up the ass property. I pull my pants all the way down. I swear to God, cheeks akimbo, ass, ass hair. You want it? I want a bag and I fucking want it now. Woo! Come on, do it, do it, do it. I want to do it, red dot, hit it. You know what to do with it, come on. I want a bag, Two cops come over. Two cops come over. This is all they need, right? An idiot, what the hell is going on? I want a
5: goddamn bag. All I
3: could say, all I could say, pants around my ankles, 20 people standing around laughing their asses off. I want, I he wouldn't give me a bag. The cop breaks this up, he gives both of us a summons, Right. He says to the newsstand guy, buddy, you're lucky. See that guy pointing at me? He's crazy. You messed with the wrong person. He could have shot you. I met the wrong person and it's me, everybody.
1: There you go. The the day, get out to the San Francisco Punchline. Still the best club to do stand-up in town, I think As Paul is there March 4th through the 7th And don't forget to grab his album, It's Not Me, It's The World It's on iTunes, it's on CD Baby, it's all over the place I even put up a link to it on our home site, succotashshow.com Alright, here's the first shot of our double dose of the Burst of Durst Wherein Will looks at the topsy-turvy dislogic of the latest load of Politico's
4: Hey guys, Will Durst here to tell you that everything we know is wrong. Just when we think we have it all figured out, somebody lets us know we're so far off the mark we might have taken the neighbor's car to work, slept with our cousin, and brushed our teeth with Preparation H. Turns out it's those damn Democrats responsible for holding back the middle class yes according to republican party leaders the gop is the great defender of the common man and the fact that they suck up to the rich like a thousand giant squid on the body of a beached whale is a monitoring device like the vichy government they're only pretending to be sycophantic leeches They're actually brave resistance fighters. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell recently told his party they need to refocus on the stagnant middle class, making some folk worry that his real goal is to suck the bones clean, like that Twilight Zone episode where the aliens arrive with a book called To Serve Man, which is later revealed to be a cookbook. Before pulling out of his short unannounced presidential run, Mitt Romney claimed he was determined to help the working class. And when he called 47% of Americans moochers and malingerers, he meant that in a good way. Jeb Bush says the recession is still going on for 60% of America because President Obama hasn't done enough for the middle class. Totally neglecting to mention the very recession he's talking about is the same one created and nurtured by a close family member. Next thing you know, Scott Walker will run as a friend of the unions, and Chris Christie will announce he's prepared to fight the scourge of type 2 diabetes. Then in response, maybe we could expect Hillary Clinton to champion tort reform and start bashing the National Endowment of the Arts. For Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, Will Durst, M.I.
1: You can always find more of Will at his home site, willdurst.com, tweeting on Twitter at willdurst, and of course later on in this very podcast. We're going to kick off this show's official rasher of clips with a show that requested that we give them a listen. So I had Tyson wander out into the podcast wilderness and bring back a sample of Pass the Gravy with hosts Alex Middleton. I assume no relation to England's Princess Kate Middleton, and his partner in crime, Curtis Chafin. Also, it is assumed not related to Kate Middleton. On their website, they claim to solve the world's problems one episode at a time, so it's nice to know that someone has taken care of those matters. They also claim there that it is, quote, the podcast no one is listening to and everyone is talking about, unquote. In this dollop from past the gravy, and really, what could be more natural than gravy and succotash, the hosts get into dolphin love deep into it
6: and we are actually one of the the best podcasts on covering dolphin stuff so why don't we We get right to that we've covered combat dolphins several times cole and uh now we have people having sex with dolphins Mm -hmm. my my first question to you this was a documentary that was premiered at the slam dance film festival have you ever heard of slam dance before uh briefly not really too much let me look it up. Is it like a, a Walmart of, of film festivals compared to... It is the
5: Walmart the, like, of film festivals while I go to the Target and Whole Foods of film festivals. <laughs> Sundance is the Whole I thing. Go to I go to... Yeah, I'm actually going to South by Southwest, but yeah, let me... <gasps> I don't know. And I'm not going to go to your bar. You're not going to hang out with Curtis? Nope. I'm going to be busy. You guys could oh. do the podcast from Check Jerking off other dudes. We, we could do a live PTG from South by Southwest. From a bathroom stall in South by Southwest. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. We're here in the
6: stall right here. People are like, what is going on?
5: <laughs> you just hear flushes <laughs> yeah. throughout the whole show. <laughs> so
6: stupid. Uh, no, it's crowd noise. It's crowd well, noise. Hold on. Okay, so I'm looking at it. What do you know about it? Well, I just saw this as part of that documentary. It's called Dolphin Love. Yeah,
5: the guy who premiered. <laughs> uh, had a relationship with a dolphin for a year.
6: Yeah, so pre- yeah. basically that's the gist of it. And right. It's that this guy was at Florida Land, the theme park in Sarasota, Florida, Mm-hmm. and Dolly was the bottlenose dolphin that he kind of, uh, he said, it, the, the dolphin seduced him. Aww. Uh, I don't really, he, <laughs> this is the only explanation that I really got. He said, I started rubbing her along her
5: back, working my way to her flukes. I'm not really sure what flukes are, but it sounds dirty. Hold on, wait. You don't know what flukes are <laughs> mean either. Let me look it up flukes well first i want to show you i'll show you guys her we'll flukes it. her tail so i guess that flukes are yeah. her, like this is what i was saying yeah this man had sex with this is the movie poster from that we can post the trailer for dolphin love Come i mean on. we can Real stuff from the show page if you guys want to go see this yeah so it, yeah i posted the picture like a couple weeks ago about it um uh, i didn't t- know you had. My t- okay wait what did you say they were called flukes? yeah flukes and so then it looks like it's her tail Oh, I thought it was going to be like... Well, see, because dolphins are the only other mammals that actually have sex for pleasure. Right. I thought monkeys did, too. Uh, I don't think... I mean, they masturbate. Yeah. That's probably pleasurable, too. Oh, yeah, it is.
6: is. (laughs) All right, so uh, he says, As I was rubbing her and moving my hand towards your tail, Dolly was slowly rolling around her long axis. So I guess that was the dolphin seducing him. I'm not really sure what that means. But somehow this guy was seduced. He says by the female dolphin that he That's spent hot. a year having a sexual affair with. That's hot. You said it's hot? No, I didn't say
5: that. You thought it was hot? No. Well, moving on. Gross. Okay. So, he had sex with a dolphin on the reg for a year. Yeah, he wrote a book about it. And he was in prodigy. a movie. <laughs> What a movie! What have you done with your life,
7: Kurt? Fuck. That man fucked a dolphin, wrote a book, and made a movie. I've never. His be novel. As good as that man. His
6: novel is called Wet Goddess. <laughs> Wet Goddess. That was the the novel that the documentary was based off. of.
5: That's what I call my girlfriend too. <laughs> I'm just joking. If She's listen- a wet goddess. If you're listening to this baby, I don't mean it.
1: Get some au jus in your ears over at Pass the Gravy. Their home site is passthegravypod.com. And they, like most of the comedy podcasts we feature, can be found in places like iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Yeah, you know, I don't have to say them every time. Those outlets, they don't pay us to mention them anyway. We have not featured friend Suckatash, Adam Spiegelman in his podcast, Proudly Resents in a While. Nothing personal just like to, you know, give a little air. There's a lot of podcasts out there, but Adam knows that we haven't featured them because you know what? He listens to this show. So being a proactive podcaster, he sent us in a clip from his recent interview, a second visit with director Eric Schaefer.
8: And do you remember me? Um, and we'll get going. I produced you on Kimmel a hundred years ago.
9: Of course. Are you kidding? That was, <laughs> no, you I, was, know it. You know I it do. I do remember it. Of course I, I remember it. And, uh, you know, it was great. I was on with Dane Cook.
8: Oh, yeah, I was the other guest?
9: He was the other guest. I was on with Dane Cook. And Dane Cook, like, has all these, like, you know, amazing hot girl fans. Right. Once in a while, you know, I I get lucky and, you know, I, I tend to have some, some nice fans too. But, but Dane Cook seems to have these, like, rabid chick fans. And there were these two girls up in the top row that I kept noticing that we're doing these just, like, obscene gestures, almost to the point where, like, it was so over the top It it was in no way sexy, it was almost a little troubling. <laughs> and it was one of those things that I realized, like, it wasn't for my benefit, it was, like, for Dan Cook, who was sitting next to me.
8: So while you're doing this interview on TV, you look up and these two girls...
9: Well, they were hot, these two yeah. hot girls, like, up there doing that, like, whatever, that V, gross V, and then on their mouth and wiggle their tongue thing, you know? Uh-huh. Like, you sure that wasn't for you? You never know. Did you
8: check anyway?
9: Well, I felt like I'm sitting next to Dane, like, hey, let me let me rub up on Dane and get a little, <laughs> little perks from leftovers, yeah. Yeah, they want not know who the fuck I am, but at least, you know.
8: But Dane's Dane, friend.
9: Dane wasn't having it. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't no, he doesn't to... share. He didn't share.
8: And uh, you got me in trouble on that. Uh, I said, do not bring up Sarah, Jimmy's girlfriend. No. I mean.
9: And I did that stupid thing that everyone in the world does. I know, it was so dumb. What like, was that? I brought it up, and I was like, (laughs) like the luckiest guy in the world. And then he was like, yeah, I haven't heard that. It's kind of like when I drove a cab, and it's like, hey, you're the first English-speaking cab driver we've had. I'm like, really? That's the best you can come up with? Like, you don't think I hear that fucking 80 times a day for eight years? Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like Jimmy was like that. He was like, really, I don't hear that every fucking day, that my girlfriend's hot and like, I'm so lucky to have her.
8: Right, right. I think it makes it more nuts to have people keep saying he's lucky to have her.
9: Well, I didn't mean it, he's lucky to have her, because he's – he shouldn't have her. He's right, lucky right. To have her just because he's a lucky guy to have such a great hot girlfriend. Right. I didn't mean it that he somehow wasn't shouldn't have a hot girlfriend. Right.
8: right. No, it was funny. You said, "Can I have her?" or something like that.
9: Did I say, "Can I have her"? Yeah. And okay. Uh, well, that's funny. It's. I thought it was funny, but yeah. I didn't remember. Listen, I wouldn't have defied your your. No, you
8: see, it it happened. It was it, it. It's on the other person. It happened a lot when they were like, "I'm going to say." Um, Paul Provenza did it also. Uh. I'm going to say it any, you know. I'm going to say it. Don't say it. If you say it, Jimmy's going to get awkward. The audience is going to get awkward. Ashton Kusher Cush, did it, and you know, I fucking wanted to punch him. As I said, it's just going to be weird.
9: No, yeah, but it, I'm saying if you had told me that, I, I would, of course I, I told you. No, did not. Yes, I
8: nervously was like, uh, hey, Eric, do he, what, it's not talk about Sarah. I'm, the,
9: I'm not a rule breaker. <laughs> I would have respected the, your authority no. as, as a producer, and I would have. You never fucking said it to me. I, of course, me. I
8: did. Course I would I not
9: have in- gone, yes. yeah, yeah, I won't, and then done it. That's not my style.
8: I think you got out there, and you're like, it would be funny. I did not. No, because, no, 100%. No, you did the hemi- You're crossing 100%. your fist You well. did the
9: hemming, hemming, but then you never add in. No, no. <laughs> Why
8: would hemming, hemming, humana, and not follow up with that? I the don't angels?
9: know. You. That's on you, buddy. <laughs> I'm doing a
1: little back-to-back with Proudly Resents this week. That clip was from a show from about a month ago, but I'm reviewing a more recent episode for This Week in Comedy podcast on splitsider.com and for the Huffington Post, where his guest was TV producer Todd Yasui. And there's some amazing behind-the-scenes stuff revealed about The Tonight Show when Jay Leno was just starting out as the host, as well as some revealing sort of inside baseball info about the nuts and bolts of talk show television. Adam's home site is proudlyresents.com and you can find his show in all the usual haunts as well. Speaking of haunts, it's time for our first visit to the Podcast Great I love that Tyson came up with this idea for the podcast Graveyard, because while there may be thousands upon thousands of podcasts out there clogging the highways and byways of the interwebs, there are also a bunch of roadside memorials alongside the Information Superhighway where podcasts have crashed and burned. To kick off our first segment, Tyson has selected a show that managed to make it to 60 episodes, the final one having dropped on October 30th, 2013. It was called Nocturnal Emotions with Harmar Superstar and featured the host, the aforementioned Harmar Superstar, having long conversations with his guests, which were musicians, actors, artists, and other people of interest, and focused on embarrassing moments in their lives and careers. As for the host himself, here's some information that Tyson sent along, gleaned from the web. uh, Sean Tillerman is known in the United States' independent music community as a singer-songwriter. Some other projects include Calvin Crime and Sean Na Na, but he's also best known in the UK indie rock dance scene as R&B alter ego Harmar Superstar. Harmar Superstar is a character who bears physical similarities to porn star Ron Jeremy. He is chubby, although he has slimmed down considerably as his stage shows and frequent touring have become more physically demanding. He often performs his shows nearly nude and appears obsessed with his own sexual prowess. His primary musical genres are contemporary R&B and pop music. Now Harmar's show went out as it came in, guest-wise, with bookend visits from former child star Macaulay Culkin.
10: I'm so chic. Yes, I can,
1: I can obviously. <laughs> I can I can see
10: that. Wearing jeans and a t shirt. And no uh, those shoes are, are wild with oh, the wild yeah, pink shoes. shoes with the uh, with the yellow socks. Yeah, that's no. gross. I try to go for some gross sock and shoe combinations. Yeah, yeah. Those. No,
11: I think uh, on the Saturday show, like I'm to be wearing a sequin dress. Like I'm gonna try to figure out the like, <laughs> Oh yeah, the masquerade yeah, if I, if, ball. Yeah, yeah, if I had so like a proper combat boots I'd wear those, but I got some nice pink socks to go along with my shoes. Oh, like, perfect. You know, yeah, perfect. So it'll be perfect. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Planning way ahead. I was like, how absurd could I possibly make myself
10: Look for yeah, exactly. yeah, for the for the gig in Los Angeles. Yeah, man. I mean, come on, it's a masquerade ball. Everyone's got to get get, wild yeah, it'll get a little together. wild, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Although I am bringing a change of clothes for after,
11: just in case I don't want to wear a dress all night. Yeah. You know, See, just... mine is like so comfortable. I'm like, psyched. I know. Just... I love how you just slip that thing on like a glove, and you're like, yeah no this is it. it I wore it like... around the store though, all old, time. Old, like, oh, the whole amazing. time. You know, no, yeah, you you, you found it right on the rack. Like as soon as we walked <laughs> into the shop, you're like, yeah no
10: this is it. it was like the cheapest thing there too. Yeah, it was four dollars. Great, it was four dollars. My
11: dress costs like thirty plus dollars. I was like, right like all right oh yeah uh my
10: fancy pirate fluffy pirate french pirate hat thing is uh, a little bit that that was the only what thing got, that cost 20, thirty bucks. But you probably got
11: oh, my whole oh, really? outfit
10: cost thirty five dollars. Okay, that's
11: not so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. no,
10: no. My dress cost thirty eight. Yeah, so <laughs> it's so nice. But you can use that all year. But round But I can use that all year
11: round. <laughs>
10: <laughs> it's black. It's sequenced It's
11: old. <laughs> the stitching is coming apart. So you know, it's perfect. I can use that forever. I'm gonna I gonna hand I, that down Halloween's to my children. Halloween's got to be one of your favorite. Halloween. Gym. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to like do like murder mystery dinners and the yeah. whole kind of thing. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've I know, been to some epic Halloween and parties. And I was like, kind of just wearing a mask, being able. To have a level of anonymity going to parties and stuff yeah. like that. Like that's always like really, really cool. You
10: can kind of have a you can be anonymous. You know? I think we should have a a uh, week after Halloween party Halloween party at your right. house though, maybe in New York Done. Kind of. I think we should do that yeah, yeah exactly like the leftover like some like costumes for games and like wearing dumb costumes together <laughs> sounds good to me My like, mind will make it through three cities well,
11: then
4: because it's socially <laughs> ex- it's, well
11: it's socially acceptable <laughs> to wear costumes before Halloween like if you saw a group of people wearing costumes like on October 25th you go yeah. oh they're going to a costume party yeah, yeah, yeah oh, totally. it's a pre-Halloween Halloween yeah. party you never hear about post-Halloween exactly. Halloween parties you never see somebody mm-hmm. on November 3rd a big group of people like dressing. Exactly pirates like you just don't so
10: i think yeah maybe we gotta start a thing you know yeah yeah
11: well we'll, we'll, i think i'm in for that yeah Yeah. we can do
10: some more charades or we could all dress up like pilgrims and have thanksgiving way early way early (laughs) (laughs) like like a late halloween early Mm -hmm. thanksgiving party you know like i I call the indian chief that's me oh yeah yeah corn is maize What's that? Bagel yeah, Oh yeah, at never mind. Dinner. Yeah, you are Chief Bagelheart. Ba- bagelheart. <laughs> I mean everybody bagel. Bagel heart. I can't say bagel. Bagel No, I now I can since I've Bagel. I used to say bagel and people used to like laugh at me like Yeah, because that's, that's wrong. Bagel. Bagel. <laughs> yeah, that's good. People say bagel. What? It's it's probably phonetically correct, but bagel?
11: it's it's no you're saying it wrong.
10: <laughs> bagel. Ba- ba- bagel. 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 baggle. Bagel. Bagel. Fanagola You say fragile. Fraggle. Fraggle rock. Fraggle rock. Fraggle rock. Fraggle. Fra- fra- Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock. Is that bagel? What's that? Be- bagel. 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 Is it bagel? It's, it's bagel. Okay. Beg. <laughs> like just no, bagel. Beg. Like I beg you. Yes. I beg. Of, I beg Be- of you. Bag. I, I beg of you. <laughs> I beg <bagle> of you.
7: <laughs>
10: <laughs> oh God. What are we doing? Yeah. What I have don't we know. Become? Yeah, well,
11: I, I love how there was like nobody at the venue except for the uh, you know, the sound guy and one security guy who just didn't wasn't paying attention at all. Yeah. So I just hopped behind the bar, got like, oh, yeah. myself a couple of drinks. So yeah, I think it's, it's all good. good. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah, we're all friends here. You know, yeah, well, some some places are really iffy about that. Oh, some yeah, people yeah. just
10: do not like strangers like, behind the bar. bar. Exactly, and I I like, respect that. You know, it's not that, your you know bar. I mean, you know, uh, but yeah, no, nobody
11: was there to say no, and
10: so yeah, yeah. yeah so, I mean, they're gonna give us drinks anyway. Oh, later, of course, so of course. Yeah, but you know, we're just kicking out.
11: If you to, to get me to go on stage And sing a song You know Or yeah. to karaoke or whatever I need to have a couple of drinks in me You know yeah, I Liquid have to, courage. I, have to it, I have to get it going You know Yeah yeah. yeah. Get that liquid courage going Yeah, you know? yeah,
10: yeah. And so uh, we we'll get yeah, more We'll get more So yeah
11: Hormars tricked me into uh, Singing a couple songs yeah. with him You know Never On stage love. Never My Love Association
10: classic Heck yeah The Adresi yeah. Brothers And Getting we did a
11: Power of love, power of love. But I just help with the chorus. Even yeah. though I only know two thirds of the chorus. Yeah, that's, that's what everyone. Know that.
10: knows. I've I've done that song live many times. And I don't know the words at all. Yeah, yeah, no. All. Don't need
11: money. Don't need fame. Don't need credit <laughs> cards to ride this game or whatever. Yeah, and then yeah. there's a whole section that no, like people only know two thirds of the chorus of that song. Yeah. And I realized that, like I'm in that 90 percentile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea.
10: Dude, yeah, it's and the solo is powerful. All, yeah, it's the power of love. Oh, it's, just it's coming power, through. power of love. I mean, and when you fake it, it's Oh, I like take it like a chance. Oh, yeah.
11: <laughs> what noises were coming out of that machine? <laughs> <laughs> that was... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah, that's really... <laughs> that's
11: right. That's
1: right. You can visit the gravesite of Nocturnal Emotions over on Earwolf.com, where the episodes still reside, and they're also on SoundCloud. Started getting some very kind retweets and mentions from a new podcast out there called Soda Press, hosted by a guy named Andy Thomas. And then he went and gave us a big old shout out at the top of a recent episode. So the least we can do is clip him for you. Soda Press episodes are pretty short and feature Andy monologuing about a given topic which spins off into related micro rants. Here's a snippet of him going off about gross gym wipe down towels.
12: I have to do lots of cardio to help like, with my blood pressure and things. So I go about three times a week. It is pretty depressing. Guys like 20 years older than me lift heavier weights. Girls, like teenage girls, run faster than me. Uh, The trainers there, who once were very nice and very open, have stopped asking me if I need any help because they too know that I'm completely and utterly helpless. I'm so slow on the treadmill that some old guy once asked me, Hey, kid, when you gonna start? But I figure I walk over to the drinking fountain a lot. It's probably like what I figure the best exercise that I get the whole time I'm there. I I decided to start running on the track. It didn't last long once the grandmother pushing the stroller lapped me twice. So then I decided to get on the bike, even though I didn't have my helmet. But once I remembered that it was a stationary bike... I figured it was, uh, you know, safe enough without the helmet. So once I got off some kid, like some young stud guy, you know, started yelling at me, but I couldn't hear him over my heavy breathing. Finally, he just came right up to me and started yelling in my ear. And that was a good thing. So I could finally hear him. He told me that I had to start wiping down the machine I've been going there six months. I didn't know you had to wipe down the machine. It proves one thing: you do learn something new when you go to the gym every time. So I figured I' best uh, wipe down the machine and I grab that little towel and I grab that bottle and ugh, that towel! It's already moist when you grab it. It's probably got more germs than that actual bike does. It really is nasty. So I wiped everything down, and then I looked around for some hand sanitizer because of that nasty towel. I couldn't find anything, so I just sprayed my hand with the bottle. I couldn't use the towel, so I just walked around with a wet hand.
1: If you want some bite-sized podcast podcastizers to listen to, check out Soda Press at Andy's home site. But rather than give you the long-ass URL, just Google Soda SodaPress.com podcast, or visit our home site, SuccotashShow.com, and click on the title for the Soda Press listing. That'll take you there, too, or get it from one of the fine podcast outlets across the web. We'll be back with more clips, the Tweet Sack, and another Burst of Durst, right after this word from our patron, benefactor, and sponsor.
0: Hello friends, Bill Heyward here to tell you that sometimes it's not your pants, but what's in your pants that's important. And when the contents of your trousers is a pair of Henderson's bivouac briefs, your privates couldn't be in better hands. Henderson's Pants is, of course, world-renowned for their pants and trousers. But we believe in building lower-body garments from your bottom on up, which means it's high time that we get into the underwear game as well. And what better way to announce to the world that we're ready to get into your pants than with Henderson's Bivouac Briefs. These are not just some wimpy, wispy man panties. No siree, Bob. Henderson's Bivouac Briefs are woven from 100% Kevlar and are made with everything you need when getting home is not an option. Whether you're spending the night with a friend, or a week away on a business trip, Henderson's patented multi-pocket technology gives you more than a dozen places to stow your junk in your trunks. A toothbrush, a razor, dental floss, a shoehorn, a fountain pen, a couple of plums, a ripe banana, the only limit to the things you can carry in your Henderson's bivouac briefs is your imagination and any applicable local law. Originally designed for MacGyver, Inspector Gadget, and the professor from Gilligan's Island, Henderson's Bivouac Briefs are just the ticket when you want to play Hide the Salami and really mean it. That's Henderson's Makers of Manly Unmentionables since 2013. And now back to Sakatash.
1: Thank you, Bill Haywatt kudos to our friends at the sibling rivalry podcast that would be jeremy stacy and aaron for being savvy enough to know that the easiest way to get your comedy podcast clip on our show is to use our custom upload url through hightail.com we tweet it out there regularly you can find it at our home site at succotash but i will give it to you once right now that url is hightail.com slash uh you backslash i guess um i think it's just a slash right Backslashes go the other way. Yeah. So it's Hightail.com slash you lowercase, slash Succotash. Seems complicated, but it really isn't. It's Hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. And uh, that'll give you uh, the, the way to get your clip right up to us. Anyway, that's what our pals over at Sibre have used to get this clip to us from a recent episode where they're talking about some unique offers from nearby strip clubs.
13: So the weirdest thing happened to me today. I guess it's not the weirdest thing. But it was a thing that happened, and I figured I'd share it because it was uh, uh, something I observed, and that's what we do here—we observational humor, observe things. So I'm walking to to pick up my daughter from school, my my nearly four-year-old daughter. Yes. And uh, you know her school—it's in it's in a classy, upscale neighborhood, obviously, and uh, the school—it's pretty expensive. So you know, naturally, as I go to pick her up, I walk by the local strip club. Oh, of course. And yeah. the. And the strip club is like a block, maybe a block and a half away from her school. Mm-hmm. And the billboard is always... Oh, haven't I seen you before? Uh, <laughs> haven't we been there together before? Wait, no, of course not. That'd be <laughs> weird. I've
11: never been to a
9: strip club with you.
7: I live in my bachelor
9: party.
13: Really? No way. That's. I could have sworn... I've been to a strip club with Jeremy. How have you not? <laughs> That's weird. Anyways. No, I don't
7: think I've been to a strip club. I think Jeremy, the only one, was... My, my bachelor party. But that was just was a, a bar
13: where a stripper was hired to perform in the private room. Wow.
7: Yeah, yeah, I don't think you and I have been to a strip club well, together. Well, You're my younger brother.
10: It's
13: on yeah. the to-do list now. It's weird because yeah. I remember you being there, but... <laughs> let's just leave it that way because it's, it's a better memory that way. Uh, anyways, they yeah, always have these billboards yeah, anywho. that strike me as odd being so close to a school. Oh, uh, yeah. For sure. example, <laughs> usually wearing nothing but a smile is is uh-huh. one that will show up. Or, you know, near the holidays, happy titsgiving. That sort of thing.
6: Pussy galore. Right
13: there yeah. on the street as I'm walking my child home from school. Sure. We walk Fortunately, she can't read, so yeah. that's that's going well. So, yes, uh, Thanksgiving,
7: what's Thanksgiving, Daddy. <laughs> Thanksgiving.
13: What does that mean? Why are there naked women in the street? Uh, so again, you know, a block away, uh, three-year-old school, upscale neighborhood. But the sign today struck me as odd. Uh, I've never seen this before. Offered in any kind of a strip club, and not that I'm a frequent strip strip club goer. Honestly, I don't even really like it because the, the interaction, interacting with people in general,
14: well, yeah, it's very awkward. Is weird.
13: Yeah. Interacting with naked people that you're yeah. paying to interact with you, super, super, weird. Yeah. On the billboard today, I notice the sign that says "one-on-one talk booths." Huh. One-on-one talk booths. That int- I'm intrigued.
7: <laughs> and I'm just I- I thinking yeah. that
13: I'm thinking who goes to the strip club I- for the conversation? Like, I-, I would think that's the last thing I do I now. I do now. I need to try this. So, I think I'm going to do that. One-on-one talk booths. Wow. And I just, uh, so I'm I'm struck because I'm thinking, well, what do you say to a stripper? Because I've, again, I've what's, only, what's I've happening? gone yeah, what's yeah, happening? No,
7: the, i I'm all in.
13: I'm the, all in. The number of times I've gone to a strip club, you could probably count on one, maybe one and a half hands.
11: Or both hands and both feet. Yeah.
7: <laughs> why did you mention hands and strippers? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's where, weird. Where right? I don't know why I right thought now. about my
11: hands just then. That's but, weird. <laughs>
7: But I could measure it in one hand, going up and down multiple times. Sometimes slow, sometimes <laughs> rapid.
13: But I, but I, don't I can't. Know why remember, I just thought about masturbating. That's weird. I can't remember ever thinking. <laughs> man, the conversation was so good. I think I'll go back tomorrow.
4: I remember that one time when I talked no, to Holly. It, we,
13: it was strange. We really yeah. connected on, on the deeper okay. level. Yeah,
7: you're not going to talk about quantum physics, but you're going to. This is this is what I'm into. <laughs> I would love to go there and sit down, and I wouldn't do the talking. I would do. I would do <laughs> you the just sit there uh, facilitation awkwardly. of the conversation.
13: <laughs> I would, would
7: listen to this dummy <laughs> spew what the contents of her brains. And it would be entertaining, like watching. <laughs>
13: now that's know, that's, that's from the
7: reality TV.
13: See, and I don't even want to go there because there are, there are plenty of of, of intelligent you young do, women you working sit, their way through school. You just
11: sit down and go science, go
13: right. <laughs> Climate
7: change, your thoughts.
0: <laughs> Albert me. No, it's
7: not that I'm an Albert Einstein. It's not that I'm an Albert Einstein. No, I like your idea, but I, yeah. I do. I wonder if yeah, we can bring a microphone. you get that. Wind them up and let them go, and just hear what comes out of their mouths. Yes. So, but I guess and, it, and look,
13: part of me thinks though maybe maybe there's people that need that connection. Maybe they don't have insurance, and this is as close as they can get to therapy. <laughs> well, Candy, it's, it's they, been a rough week.
6: They might be filling in a niche, so to speak. I, you don't I, it, know, it might, it might be. Yeah.
13: But then I get to thinking, and I'm like, God, if, if you if you roll if you roll into a strip club, if and it is your therapy. Yeah. And you're thinking, I'm I'm going to go in here. And I'm going to get some things off my chest. Wow, boy, you know the deadlines at work—they're rough, and uh, God, the boss—he's really clamping down on me. And whatever and, you say is going
11: to this boner, what, what am I going to do? But
13: whatever you say is going to be countered with, <laughs> well, at least you don't grind on a dick for cash. So then, <laughs> so then I suddenly felt a lot better about paying for a high-priced preschool in an upscale neighborhood. <laughs> but,
7: <laughs>
1: Now, having played that clip from the Sibling Rivalry podcast, I also have to issue an apology to those guys. Jeremy and Stacy were good enough to join me at the podcast lab at the third annual LA Podcast Festival at the end of last September for an interview. And I still have not gotten a chance to play it on the show, along with about a half a dozen others. At this point, maybe I'll have to issue the uh, those interviews as special Succotash Chats and just dump them out there. Uh, in between regular shows. I don't know. Sorry, guys. Anyway, you can find the SibRiv gang at the thesiblingrivalrypodcast.blogspot.com and all the usual podcastery places. Not all comedy podcasters are as hip as the SibRiv Clue or Podcast Dan over at the Taco Tuesday podcast, and some of them can't figure out how to dump their junk directly into our trunk. Well, that's okay. Take Geep and Gam, who run their podcast out of, well, I'm not sure where the heck they're from, but they asked us via Twitter if we'd give them a listen and clip them. And that's what our stalwart associate producer Tyson Saner has done. In this slice of the Geep and Gam show, they're playing host to two other podcast hosts, Diamond Dave and Aaron Corbett of Canada's The Cool Story Show.
7: All right. So you
15: got the story on Geep and Gam. I want to know how, I want to know Diamond Dave, where did that come from?
14: Ooh, this is a good story. Uh, okay. Uh,
15: what, there's two parts to the story. And then I want to hear how Orin, Aaron Corbett came about. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Aaron Corbett, I was born like
14: so, fucking 24 ish years ago. Didn't you slay a dragon? And that's why you got the.
15: And uh, when I say born, I actually I meant kidding. I was hatched out of an egg. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this guy, I he was like a scientist, found me. And I think he just decided on the name Aaron Corbett because uh, his name was Aaron, oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, cool, Corbett I think he just made up because he was drunk. And uh, I think he Graham. was eating
14: uh, sorbet, and he decided to switch up the words, or maybe you know what was, I was. I so <laughs> can't pronounce
7: Corbett. You
15: guys, you yeah. guys didn't call me. You guys didn't call me Corbet because so many people that I meet here think it's French and don't pronounce the T's, and they call me Aaron Corbet, and I want to punch him in the face thousands of times every sounds, time they do it. Honestly, that was my gut instinct. I was going to say, that sounds <laughs> Canadian I, I appreciate yeah. you guys pronouncing the T's. I, I thank you for it because, uh, you know, I that one. If I, I didn't, if I didn't hear
13: Corbet. the right way on the show, I would have went with Corbet. Just saying.
15: I'm, give, I'm giving you guys all the credit. I'm not putting any on, <laughs> back on us. Thank you for saying my name right. All right, good. Um, So now, you know, I was hashed and discovered diamond dave i but the parts i know is that a very long time ago i'm gonna say like four years myself dave andy spateri and alex garnett have been friends forever and i believe it was andy who originally started calling uh dave diamond dave
14: but it didn't come to fruition until the end and
15: we all we all kind of went we all kind of went with it for a really long time bar uh and then it kind of it kind of tapered off for like over a year. No one mentioned Diamond Dave ever. I was gonna say, and... did it did it did he fart so hard that he crushed a piece of sand into a diamond?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
6: or it was such a hard fart, you just man. <laughs> just search oh, for
15: diamonds. It was under <laughs> a lot of pressure
4: all right i'm sorry go on
15: <laughs>
14: well i i gotta to apologize to denise because from the listening party because they were hoping they'd get the scoop on this on saturday but sorry oh, guys man. this is going to get them do you want me to uh, block it out oh no I'm, I'm telling the story no it's all for you guys yeah all right thank you, you. guys you guys are my favorites what's your name but. Uh, so we were at the bar one night, and I don't know about you guys, but when I go to the bar, I'm not a big fan of just going up to random girls and, and trying to pick them up. It's just yeah. not my thing. No,
15: that's I'd
14: I'd rather take a girl out and have a cup of coffee and talk. But yeah. Andy likes the.
15: Oh, you mean a gentleman?
14: Yeah, yeah,
15: <laughs> that's awesome. Dave is the gentleman <laughs> of our group, and I would say me and Andy are the are the lousy degenerates because I'm a huge fan of getting shot down and getting way too
14: drunk after. you didn't get shot down that night but i'll i'll add that to the story oh you want to talk about yeah okay yeah Absolutely. i want to hear the full so scoop here I want to hear we're it. at the bar and there's two two gorgeous girls just down and andy turns to me he's like dave let's be bold and i was like meh i'm not really feeling it he's like okay i'll be right back so he goes up to them and i'm i'm telling behind him like literally like fuck so he goes up to them and says hey guys have you heard of my friend diamond dave and they say, Oh no, why why is he called Diamond Dave? And then Andy says with a smile on his face, because there's nothing harder than a diamond.
0: Whoa. So,
14: so these girls <laughs> that's a good one. I'm literally like slapping like face palming myself. These girls <laughs> turn to me. They start bowing to me at the bar. Like it, Yeah, it happened. Like literally like I'm a I'm an idol. They get to talking to us. Uh, I end up buying everybody drinks. And since there's two of them, my good friend Aaron here left with one. And Andy left with the other. Can I just say the whole time that happened? <laughs> the, whole,
15: the whole time the thing. thing and Andy trying to hook, hook everybody up. I, I was standing kind of behind them just like on my phone on Facebook or something. And, and I wasn't paying attention. And I just happened to look up and make eye contact with one of the girls. And I was like, you want to go sit down? And she's like, okay, and like handed me a drink that Dave had bought, her and me, and we just took off, and Andy took another one, and Dave was just kind of left of the bar. Yep. So did you point at your crotch when you said that? <laughs>
14: <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, it just, the name stuck, and everyone's spelled that since. That's pretty good. It also
15: kind of exemplifies that that no matter what, Dave will always be just the nicest dude. Always. He's a total gent.
1: Things are getting awful meta in here. Uh, That was a couple of podcasters appearing on another podcast and being clipped on this podcast. You can find the Geep and Gam Show on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on Libsyn, which also happens to be the home provider for this here Succotash Show. Uh, Liberated Syndication is their full name, but uh, Libsyn is, uh, if you're getting in the podcast game, Libsyn is a place you should check out. Prices are reasonable, and they do a great job housing your podcast and getting it up to the usual places in quick order. Another show that reached out recently via Twitter and asked if we'd give them a sniff is This Damn World podcast, hosted by Dom and Jen. iTunes describes the show as, quote, a long-form conversational podcast, unquote, with topics ranging from news, life, and all-around creative. This clip is from last month, snipped out by Tyson, from an episode called The One Where
16: We Get Sweaty. So did you have any fitness resolutions for new year's
17: um i don't know i mean i have resolutions every year just because i like making lists yeah to be totally honest but it's always the same thing of just like you know don't complain or finish the book this year or you plant a garden stuff like that i have actually if you guys are interested so there's this thing that i do called the day zero project and it's one hundred and one things to do in a thousand and one days. And I recommended it to a lot of people when uh, New Year's Eve was coming up, just because they say that you can have all of these goals, but if you don't have a set time frame, like that's why um, National Novel Writing Month works so well, is because you only have thirty days to churn out fifty thousand words, and everybody likes to uh, to know that you know at the end of this thirty days that's my deadline um so whether we appreciate deadlines or not there are a lot of us who work really well under stress so this is a much longer timeline but it's still a bit of stress to push you forward so to answer your question it's mostly to like
16: to be fucking better
17: be fucking better yeah (laughs) that's really that is my resolution um you just to have like better strength in my legs and stuff like i walk to work whatever but
16: yeah how are you feeling right now are you pretty much jelly like I'm I'm jelly. I mean obviously
17: you worked harder than I did.
16: Yeah, I kick shit harder, but
17: I feel better after food as I always do. Thank you food for having my back time and again.
16: What I noticed like so after the holidays what I've been battling and what is now a part of my resolution is so I stopped going consistently to the gym like around November um, I don't know. I don't remember why. We got busy here at the office or something. And then, of course, holidays came around, food and drinking, visiting with the family. And then I'm coming back into it. And we're, we're busy here at the office again for January. And February is my official, like, get your ass in gear and be fucking better. And
17: I can't, physically can't believe that it is going to be. Wait, fucking February. Yeah.
16: <laughs> Happy New Year already, basically. Seriously, no,
17: it's about to be 2016. There you go. I can't, nah.
16: So that's, my goal is to, again, go consistently because I don't, I don't feel out of shape. I'm, my wobbly bits are just a bit wobbly, bit too wobbly. And I just, I want to tighten them up. Like two weeks of Muay Thai and you, like I'm tighten mm-hmm. up in all the right places, and it's nice. But like my first class after the holidays, I went home. I was great. I took my shower. It was, I was ate dinner. It was fine. Like twelve thirty or one in the in the in the morning, I wake up and just everything hurt, like sore. Sore woke me up. Like it, it just said, <laughs> "Hey." It, it, like if it was a person, if it was, it was this an, an actual being, sore just said, "Hey, how's it going? I'm here now." And I was like, "Oh."
17: Oh. good morning starshine the earth says fuck
16: so i'm anxious to hear what you have to say tomorrow about this class today i'm sure it'll feel good
17: you no let's just stop my expectations of the part where i'm gonna sleep really well tonight
16: yeah i mean you might just pass out but tomorrow morning you'll feel it
17: i'll stretch so i don't have that lactic acid build up
16: nice and i drink try.
17: a lot of water
16: yeah you drank all of my water yes i did so i wanted to i wanted you to see sparring That would have been cool.
17: That would have. But you were jelly, so.
16: I was jelly. Oh, and I forgot my shin pads. I didn't. Rude. Well, I had to carry all the gear here. But So, sparring is the practical application of everything that you learn. Rather than kicking pads or bags or air, you actually get to kick another human being who's anticipating and wearing protective gearing gear as well. So it's kind of fun. And it's not as stationary, so you obviously move and work a lot harder because Mm -hmm. hitting a moving target is so much harder than kicking a pad or hitting a pad. But But I think you would have gotten a kick out of that. If you're a
1: fan of random conversation, check out more Dom and Jen over at This Damn World on their home site, thisdamnworld.com. And I love it when a podcast manages to get themselves a nice, clean URL for their show. We've got ourselves a second burst of Durst right around the corner to take us home, but first, let's riffle quickly through the Tweet Sack. Hello there, Tweety. First up is a request by Elizabeth Gorman of New Jersey for one of our nifty, zippy Succotash zipper pulls. I'll pop that in the mail this week, Liz. If you'd like one of these little dealies, it features a small, round Succotash logo with a little dangly bit that attaches to any zipper that has a hole in that little part you pull on. What's that thing called? The tug? The tugger? The tongue? The tongue? I have no idea. But once you get this stuck on there, your zipper becomes 400% easier to find and pull. Just email your snail mail address to zipper at succotashshow.com. I will personally get around to mailing one out to you eventually. Got a DM from recent Succotash guest Brian Flaherty, who says check out this week's episode of the new Hollywood podcast. That's the show he hosts. He says it's all about the alternative comedy scene in Los Angeles and movies and life. Wow, that's a fulfilling podcast i'll check that out and you should too dear listeners we also got a tweet from shaq scott who reminds us that his podcast studious studs has a new episode up so give that a listen from marquita Casal comes this tweet succotash show you just gotta love the real raucous he is amazing but of course you are too okay thanks uh monica Homburg, the charming hostess of the dazed and convicted podcast reached out so i could tell people she has slightly altered the format of her show Uh, her show once again she's dumped her co-host is taking the reins all by herself and now is mostly reading dubious spurious and just plain weird craigslist ads so good luck monica with your new version of the show and we'll have to have you on to talk about it the angry old man podcast just made the jump to libsyn so robert and edna are hoping that they're going to find their life a little bit easier we'll feature a clip from them and perhaps in the next upcoming succotash clip show and now it's time for our rapid fire mentions of those folks nice enough to tweet, retweet, favorite, follow, DM, like, or otherwise mention Succotesh during the past week. John Dredge, Davian Dent, Jason Mack, Bilo66, Super Meowy, DAPF Pod Neil C., uh, Grax Bishop, If, DAPF Pod Annalise, Cara Tramontano, Mimi Toll, The Kimchi Chronicles, Hal Lublin, Nina Dennison, Ahab, Jason Edwards, Creek of the Week, Now Channel TV, Tiny Odd Conversations, Stephen Fortin, Salty Language Pod, Tiki Masala, Bob Zaney, Triple A, no, Quadruple A, (laughs) the wrong foot, Johnny Private or Joni Private, Sweets Feathery Jesus, San Diego Sabrina, Eat Shit Sleep Podcast, (laughs) Father McMurphy, The Fiends Show, The Angry Chimp, Robert Southgate, Cuckoo for Who, Strange Times, uh, Adam Wolf, Justin Cullen, OMB, We Have Issues, boy, do we, Mac and Cheese, EKS, Ever After Podcast, Lady Killer DD, Mike Brown, Conrad and Jack Show, Harry Humor New York, and Gimme That Wheat. All right, thank you, Tweet Sackers. Any questions you might have about this show, life in general, or side dishes, please send them to me in an email to M-A-R-C, that's Mark, at SuccotashShow.com, and if you're a comedy podcaster, we will retweet your show messages if you just pop at succotash show into them when they drop. Here's our second dose of Mr. Durst, in which he attempts to decipher the Democratic Party's message.
4: Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the Democratic Party and their message, which is like saying the Eskimos and their convertibles the mormons and their all-night dance marathons isis and their fabled art appreciation classes after last year what can be politely called the most gruesome drubbing in the history of midterm elections the democrats commissioned a report to investigate what the hell went wrong and how to get back in the game the report was based on interviews and studies and surveys and astrological forecasts and ratings on IMDb of the first two Hobbit movies and some random notes found on the back of spindled lunch receipts and fortune cookies, but only from indigenously correct restaurants on the Chinatown sections of four large metropolitan areas on the West Coast. Although the full report isn't scheduled to come out until May, Preliminary hearings of their official soul-searching were announced, and just like the Republicans after 2012, the Dems have come to the considered opinion that it isn't their message that's keeping them from a humongous pile of victories, but the delivery of it. Like saying Domino's has terrific pizza, if only we could figure out how to keep it from arriving cold and mealy with congealed cheese sticking to the top of the box. Former Democratic National Chairman and Pennsylvania Governor Ed Rendell said because his party's message is reasonable and intelligent, it's almost inherently nuanced. Well, there's your problem right there, inherently nuanced. Yeah, that floats down the middle of Main Street like a tank and a zephyr. The answer is pretty simple. You guys want to be the smart party? Stop doing stupid stuff. You want to be known as a successful party? Stop being such losers. Stand for something, anything, besides the national anthem, that is. For Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst.
1: Grab yourself some Durst over at his home site, willdurst.com. He also tweets at Will Durst. And of course, keep your eyes peeled for his personal appearances on a comedy stage near you. Okie dokie, Suckatash clips with just a side of chat is Kaputsky. If you're in the San Francisco area, remember to catch our friend Paul Mercurio this weekend. That's March 4th through the 7th at the Punchline. We'll be back soon with an episode of Suckatash Chats, where I'll be speaking with comedian, podcaster, and warm-up guy for the nightly show, Kevin Bartini. See you then. In the meantime, please remember to pass the Suckatash.
0: You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook... Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at Suckatash dot com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll free call number 818-921-7212 That number again is 818-921-7212 Suckatash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye.